0: "'Leaning back against the chain-link fence behind the bleachers, "'Carl's gaze roved over the exercise yard. "'Across the yard, a gang of weightlifting blacks "'were flexing their well-oiled muscles "'and glaring at him with undiluted hatred "'for no other reason than he wasn't one of them. "'But he wasn't going to get anything started "'with anybody today or in the near future. "'Until the day he and Myron had their turn to work on the road crew, "'Carl Herbold was going to be an ideal prisoner. "'So he was keeping a low profile.' doing nothing that might call the screws' attention to him. What he didn't like, he pretended not to see. A few nights back, he'd had to stand by and watch Myron suck a guy off. The other prisoner, a white-trash wife-killer two years into a life sentence, had bribed Myron with a prize. Myron hadn't minded too much. In exchange for the blowjob, he'd been given a live mouse, which he'd later disemboweled with his long pinky fingernail. Now, remember what I told you, Myron. When our turn comes up to work the road crew, you can't seem too excited about it. You think you can manage that? To look pissed? Myron was becoming distracted by the bleeding cuticle around his thumb. Sure, Carl. He was gnawing the pulverized cuticle with all the relish he'd shown the payday. Because, Myron, if they think we're eager to go, then... He never saw it coming. The blow literally knocked him off the bleacher on which he'd been sitting. Next, he was lying on his side in the dirt, his ears ringing, his vision blurring, his gut heaving, and his kidney getting the piss kicked out of it. He forgot about his resolve not to cause or continue any trouble. Rolling to his back, he brought his foot up and thrust it into the attacker's crotch. The black weightlifter hadn't anticipated a counterattack. He fell to his knees, yowling and clutching his testicles. The screws came running, swinging their clubs. Other prisoners began either to try and break up the fight or cheer it on, depending— the struggle was quickly contained. Only two prisoners were sent to the infirmary with injuries. One of them was Carl Herbold. Ezzie Harge had been married to Cora two years longer than he had served as sheriff of Bluer County. Fifty-two years. He'd first spotted Cora at a tent revival, which he and a group of friends had attended just for laughs. During the hymn singing, her eyes had drifted away from the psalm book and across the aisle to land on Ezzy, who was staring at her with unabashed interest and speculation. The light in her eyes was not religious fervor, but devilish mischief. She had winked at him. In all these years, none of her sass had worn off. Ezzy, I thought it was a very nice occasion.' His wife's comment caused Ezzy Harge to snort with disdain. "'That was the toughest piece of meat I ever tried to eat.' "'and the air conditioner was working at half capacity. "'Thought I was going to melt inside that black suit. "'Peeling off her housecoat, Cora joined him in bed. "'The people of this county went to a lot of trouble and expense "'to host that dinner for you. "'The least you could do is show a little gratitude.' "'I didn't ask for a testimonial dinner. "'I felt like a goddamn fool.' "'Cora pounded her pillow into shape. "'You're not mad about the dinner. "'You're mad because you're having to retire.' Don't think for a minute that I look forward to your retirement, either. You think I want you home all day, underfoot, sulking around and getting in my way as I go about my business? No, sir. Would you rather I'd have got shot one night by some rabble-rouser with one too many lone stars under his belt, spared you all the headaches of having me around? Cora simmered for several seconds. You've been trying to provoke me all evening, and you've finally succeeded. She yanked on the small chain on the nightstand lamp and plunged the bedroom into darkness, then rolled to her side, giving him her back. She knew he had deliberately said something that was guaranteed to get her dander up. The irony of it was that every day of his tenure as sheriff he had prayed that he wouldn't get killed on the job and leave Cora a bloody corpse to deal with. But from a practical standpoint, he should have died in the line of duty. It would have been cleaner, neater, simpler for all concerned the community leaders would have been spared the embarrassment of suggesting that he not seek office again. They would have saved the expense of tonight's shindig at the community center. If he had died sooner, he wouldn't be facing a future where he was going to feel about as useful as snowshoes in the Sahara. Seventy-two years old, going on seventy-three, arthritis in every joint. But what hurt most was knowing everybody was right. He was old and decrepit and had no business heading up a law enforcement office. He just wished to hell that he hadn't had to quit before his job was finished. And it would never be finished until he knew what had happened to Patsy McCorkle. For twenty-two years that girl had been sleeping between him and Cora. In a manner of speaking, of course. Feeling guilty...